Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Elevate Retake. My name is Kelvin, happy to be with you. Continuing our series, Hello, My Name Is, kind of a reintroduction to uh, to all of us as to how amazing um, our God and Jesus is. I am excited for this episode. Um, I have had members of this particular organization on the podcast before, um, but I'm joined by some very key roles Key, key positions from none other than 88.3 The Journey, uh, where I am very uh, honored and proud to be working at as well. But I've got two people sitting in studio with me. We'll get to them in just a second. Um, they'll, let, they'll introduce themselves and we'll talk about the journey for just a second and kind of what that ministry does and what they do. Um, I do want to remind you, we are in the middle of a series. So if you happen to miss an episode, a message episode or a retake episode, please go back. Uh, all the episodes are there and it's a great way for you to catch up. Maybe you're jogging or you like to work out with some podcasts or you just got a long drive to work. It's a perfect way to catch up with the series if maybe you missed a couple of episodes. All right. I'm going to start to my left, which would be the man sitting next to me. Sir, would you like to introduce yourself, uh, where you're from, and what you do at 88.3 The Journey? Yeah, sure thing. My name's Kyle. I've grew up here in Cleburne, Texas for most of my life. Well, for the first few years, then moved kind of around a lot of the DFW area, lived around the Mansfield, Fort Worth area for a while, and moved back here to Keene. And now I'm the music director and on-air personality at 88.3 The Journey. Amazing. And when can they hear you? I'm on during middays, during the week, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Sweet. Love it. Glad that you're here. And to the wonderful lady sitting next to him... I'm Lindsay. I came from everywhere, but I was <laughs> I was born in the Philippines. I grew up in Mexico and here. And I am a lot of things. I don't know. That's true. I am an office worker. I'm a DJ and programming at The Journey. She's our Swiss Army knife, essentially. <laughs> her and Laura, who we're missing, our office manager was going to be here today. Uh, we'll get her on. We'll get her on One at some of these point. days. We'll, 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 we'll catch her. Yeah, we'll, we'll bring the squad back in. We'll, we'll trap her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she can't she can't escape. She can't escape my wrath, that's for sure. We'll get her on the podcast for sure. Um, but she has some things she needed to take care of. Uh, okay, I, I want to ask this first before we get into our very deep conversation. Um, we all work at The Journey. I just kind of want to know, maybe for anyone that's listening who maybe wants to get inspired into working in radio or even Christian radio for that part. Um, and any one of you can take the question, what is what is your favorite part? What kind of motivates you? What's your inspiration for working in Christian radio? Why do you like it? Is there a particular order you want us to go in? You want me to answer first? No, it doesn't or matter. Anybody can just, grab just it. Just jump in? Yeah, just, just go for in. it. Sure. Yeah, um, yeah, the thing I love the most about working in Christian broadcasting, just Christian media in general, honestly, it's going to sound generic, but the people, the mm. people that you impact with it means a lot. You know, I used to work in a more secular environment for a while before I came to Christian radio. I actually got my degree in film and I worked in the video industry for a while. Oh. And um, I did not care for a lot of the ethics that went on <laughs> okay. in this industry. Mm. It was it was very it wasn't just that it was secular, but there seemed like there was a lot of anti-Christian sentiments that went around in this industry. And I didn't feel very good about working in it. Mm. And it wasn't until I had left that industry and got into a more Christ Center field and Christian broadcasting 
that it just felt a lot more fulfilling. Mm. And you saw the impacts of what you did with people, getting phone calls from people. I've had some people that have called just to check up on me and see how I'm doing, just to say, hey, Kyle, you know, I just wanna say I love your messages. I love what you're saying. I love what you're doing. And to me, that inspires me. That motivates me. That makes me feel better about this work than just earning a paycheck for somebody else. Sure. So for me, that's what encourages me to, to keep going in this field. Mm. Love it. That was deep. <laughs> Lindsay, <laughs> follow it up. <laughs> oh, no. Um, like what he's saying, it's the same thing. Like for me, it's both like a blessing to me to hear the music because I've been on the other side of the radio where I'm listening, but I feel like it's also a blessing for, um, in a way because I'm learning a lot of things as I'm mm. hosting mm. and DJing and doing stuff like that. So then I know that whatever I'm doing somehow maybe some other people are being reached out mm. so i, I like know. that that's the that's kind of the answer that i would give when people would ask me why do you go work at summer camp you don't make any money i'm like okay well if you're going to summer camp to work for money <laughs> you're doing the wrong summer job <laughs> because that's not the reason why you go to summer camp the reason is for all the little ones for all the little kids that you spend a week with and the ones that'll you know text you all the time or like invite you to play video games when they're, you know, where they live eight hours away or the ones that will invite you to your wedding in 10 years or see them grow up from cub campers all the way to teen campers. Um, and I kind of give that example because my answer, I guess, would kind of, would kind of be the same. I think people uh, think that this industry is very much like business ran and oriented when I think for the three of us, a lot of it is the people. Right. Yeah, I'm gonna just just jump in here yeah, yeah. For, for a second, real quick. I remember it was I remember the exact moment when I decided that I wanted to work in this field. I was working at the journey as a student for a while when I was still in school, and we were doing uh, shareathon, and that's just kind of one of our two uh, biannually um, or semi-annually fundraisers yep. to to raise money for the station, and keep us on air because we're all uh, nonprofit, non-commercial. And I was working as a volunteer, as a student, and I was taking phone calls from people that wanted to call in and, and give gifts and donations of, of money. And there was one call I got, and it was it was an older gentleman, and he was a veteran from Vietnam. And he was, he completely loved the station. He loved everything we did. He loved the DJs. He loved the people, loved the music. And he said, you know, he didn't have a lot of money, but he wanted to give whatever he could to support the, that ministry. Mm. And he wanted to, uh, he gave us some challenge money. And he said he wanted to give out a challenge to all the other Vietnam veterans for uh, that have survived and have come back and for what they have been struggling with PTSD-wise. Wow. And I remember he broke down crying on the phone telling me about it. This older gentleman that I've never <laughs> had no idea what even what his name was. Wow. I, I was a complete stranger to him. Broke down crying and showed so much vulnerability to me. And that's that's when I was like, wow, this field means something to people. This industry means something to people. Mm. And that was like the moment that it hit me. And I will always vividly remember that phone call and the way it, it impacted me. Wow. I think all of us have had that moment um, either working in the industry that we were working in or even in our like personal walks with Jesus. We've had that like one moment, moment where it's like, man, this is why. Like, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. Um, I want to jump into the, the the question that we ask all of our guests. And it's okay if you need a second to figure this out. Oh, well, um, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, no, this scares a lot of people because I never tell them what the question is because 
come on, we need raw, raw answers. Raw <laughs> How much unfiltered. money do you make in a year? <laughs> <laughs> What's your paycheck like? <laughs> Hourly salary? Um, so the question is, and anybody can take it, whoever's ready to rumble with it. Currently, I always say currently because I think it changes for some people as it has for me. Currently, what makes you who you are? Wow, is this a question you ask everyone? <laughs> we ask every guest this question. Oh my. My struggles. My struggles, my shortcomings, all the burdens and obstacles I have to go through in my life, those are what make me who I am. Mm. You know, I've spent too long trying to hide who I am, trying to hide where I'm at with my my walk with God. You know, I think I, for the longest time, I'm not, I'm not sure if you've known this, but I don't try to hide it. I mean, I didn't grow up in the church and I didn't have a real great relationship with God and didn't even try practicing it until just four or five years ago. And even still, I'm still, I'm still learning so many things that's just common sure. for people. Church is in, a little bit of an unsettling environment for me because I'm still not used to it. And for the longest time, I tried to hide that fact. I didn't want to seem, make it seem like I was a bad Christian or a bad believer. Mm -hmm. And so I always try to pretend like I had everything figured out. My relationship with God is perfect like everyone else's. Mm -hmm. And that's not true. I struggle a lot with it, especially, I know I work in Christian <laughs> broadcasting. Sometimes you have to kind of turn on that personality yeah. for people that need to hear it. And it's very tough. Mm. And I think those struggles are what make me who I am. And it's that level of vulnerability that has brought me closer to God in my mm. life. Um, and the struggles aren't just faith-based, family-based, friend-based, you know, trying to have that work-life balance. It uh -huh. can be, it can be tough sometimes, but that's what makes me who I am. Love it. Wow. Lindsay, don't. what makes you who you are? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe right now I'm just full of jobs. So it's okay. like, what makes me who I am right now is what people require of me every time I go to a job. Hmm. Different things. I like that. Yeah. Uh, for me recently, it's been... Um, the people that I've surrounded myself with. I think the community uh, aspect of what we do here at Elevate um, has inspired me to really focus on like what's like what's around me, you know? I'm like, who are the people that are around me? Do they need to be there? Number one, it's a question that I think all of us need to ask ourselves continually. Um, do these Are these people like benefiting me in any way? And I think the community that I've surrounded myself with currently has helped shape me uh, who I am. And I mean that at church. I mean that at work. I mean that at school. Um, I've kind of asked God to refine that group of people into <laughs> what he wants it to be because it hasn't been the greatest in the past. Uh, and I've paid for it. But I think uh, it's it's good at the moment. And I think God's been working in that. That includes I, you guys in there. But anyway, oh. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go back to the sort of go back to a topic i just had a question so you're saying that surrounding yourselves with like good people that you know are benefiting you but what about jesus when he was here as a human being because then his friends were sinful like what i don't know it's just a random question like how does that say what does that say about us like how should we choose our friends it's a great question um I actually was exploring this idea recently, and um, I think if Jesus wanted to, because he was God at the same time that he was man, I think if he wanted to, he could have come to this earth and done everything that he did by himself. Mm. Easily. He could have teleported everywhere. He did it a couple times in the Bible, which is kind of cool. 
It's like superhero stuff where he just disappeared in crowds that wanted to kill him um, and nobody saw him. But I think if he really wanted to and really wanted nobody to know what was going on, but he still wanted to heal everybody that he did and do all the miracles that he wanted to do, he could have done it by himself. Mm. But I think there's something in the fact that Jesus, before he started his ministry, went and grabbed 12 random guys that were uneducated, unschooled, extremely sinful. Peter didn't know when to talk and when to shut up. Uh, the James and John were called the Sons of Thunder, which wasn't a great nickname back then. Matthew was a tax collector, which my, honestly might have been a lower society position, even though you made a ton of money, than a fisherman because everybody hated tax collectors because they would, you know, your taxes would be $10. They would charge you 15 He would give three to his boss and keep two for himself. They hated them. So you put that entire group of random dudes together and you wonder what on earth is Jesus doing hanging out with these people. Um, but I think that Jesus needed a sense of community and needed friends and needed to have a sense of family um, at the same time because he knew that what he was going to have to go through at the very end, he would need his friends or <clears throat> excuse me, or he would need the people around him. So um, I think it's a tough question when it comes to... Um, how do I choose, you know, my friends and how do I choose people around me? I think for me, it's been asking God to slowly give me little signs. It's like, hey, is this person actually like giving to my life or am I able to help this person in some way? If neither one of those can be answered. Oh. Um, and I don't know why they're there. And and this mm-hmm. was a big issue for me. And I'll let you guys answer. Um, but this is a big issue for me <clears throat> two, three years ago, actually. Um one of the reasons why I started struggling in school was because of the friends that I had. And it took a reality check from a couple of good friends being like, Kelvin, you need to figure like out priority wise, make sure God is number one and then things will start working out. And slowly those people started to show their true colors Oof. <laughs> and they started dissipating out of my life. And now I think I'm in a fantastic spot with the people around me. And I ask God to keep it that way any day, every day. I don't know if that answers your question, but I don't know if you guys have any comments on that or Right. I wanna, I'm just going to go ahead and piggyback off that a little bit. Yeah. You know, I think, too, that we need to not be scared to involve ourselves with people who need God in their life. Mm. I think oh. too much we try to stay in our little bubble. Mm. We want to surround ourselves with people that think just like us. And then we don't get to really reach people who really need it. You know, I don't know how familiar you are with the band Skillet and the lead singer John Cooper. But, you know, for the longest time, he uh, they, they were a Christian rock band. And for the longest time... <laughs> no offense to them, but their music was not taking off. They were not really reaching anybody because they were only catering to that really kind of conservative religious spiritual type. And they were either just didn't care for the music mm. or they were already believers and they weren't really reaching anybody. Mm. And it was at this time, I think it was probably in the early 2000s, John Cooper was talking about how the band Linkin Park was really connecting with a younger generation of like more secular audiences. And they wanted to do that, too, to connect these younger kids. So they had changed their sound to something like that and have gotten more involved in the more secular music scene. And, you know, if you know anything about secular rock and roll or like (laughs) metal music, it's not exactly the most Christ-like industry out there. But that to them, they felt that's what they were called to be because Mm -hmm. there wasn't Christ there. And so that they were these these believers, these Christians that went into a field that was majority of them was against their beliefs. But by living for God, they were able to reach people in this industry. They're talking about they've gone tour on people that were not believers mm. and coming up to them and being like, wow, you guys are different. You know, like I can see something in y'all. And some of them have even been 
converted in uh, Christianity and started their own walk with God. And I think in a way we have to start to exhibit that a little bit. I don't think we need to be scared about being around people that are not believers mm -hmm. because that's how you, those are the people that we need to reach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a buddy, he's been a friend of mine forever. We were friends, we started being friends when I was like 11 or 12. He's probably my long, longest standing friend. And me and him today are still on great terms. We're still great friends. We're always there for each other. We don't talk nearly as much as we used to, but if we've, we've definitely grown in two different directions. Mm -hmm. He is way more, and this isn't to necessarily criticize him, but just being <laughs> honest, he's a lot more of a secular of the world person. Okay. But he's got a great heart. He cares mm -hmm. about people a lot, and uh, we're friends, but it's always a little bit uncomfortable because you want to help them, but you know, where do you kind of draw that line between being the Holy Spirit in somebody's life, yeah, and then feeling like you're just trying to live somebody's life for them yeah. and intrude on, tell, intrude on them and how they choose to make live their life, yeah. So there's a bit of a balancing act there, and uh, I don't know if that was all relevant to what no, we were no. talking about. No, no, it is. <laughs> but, I think it all boils down to how we, uh, you know, how we walk and talk. I think the, you know, the very famous and very cliche sayings that you know the the biggest sermon you preach is not even from the pulpit. It's kind of what you do on your daily basis. Um, and I'm not saying that you have to completely surround yourself with Jesus loving on their knees all the time with their hands folded type of people. Uh, some of my best friends are not Christian. Uh, and they're some of the greatest people in the world. Right. And sometimes I ask myself, I'm like, God, well, you got to do something because <laughs> I'm trying to be like a great example, you know, and I'm not forcing anything on them. But these are like amazing people. Like at mm -hmm. some point, you know, something's got to happen. Um, so I don't know if that completely answers your question. I think that's kind of like what he was saying too. Like it's like an act of balancing mm. the good and the bad, I guess. Mm. And that's balancing. something that that's something that we've been learning in this series. Actually, when we've we're kind of reintroducing Jesus again to people that have grown up in the church and there are people that are not in the church. One of Jesus's greatest abilities and characteristics was how he dealt with people, and the example that he was. Um, with people. I would encourage anybody that's listening, if you want to read the best conversations, find, I believe there's 13 of them. That somebody can fact check me on that. I think there's 13 one-on-one -on -one conversations that Jesus had with people, and I think those are the coolest moments. This past week, Pastor Michael uh, was kind of talking about Jesus as a uh, as our rescuer and how that was already promised, and, and he was way before Abraham, and he got into this big fight with Pharisees in John chapter 8. Anyway, it's not what we're going to talk about. We're talking about a little more of the theme. But um, I just kind of want to know from you guys, where have you seen, I guess, Jesus more prevalent in your life as of late? I think I would, would um, say I've seen the most prevalent recently is in the fact that this job that I'm working right mm -hmm. now, you know, I struggled a lot with work for the longest time. Um I'm trying to think. This may have been the first full-time job I've ever worked um, because I've worked I've worked all sorts of different things. I've worked in grocery stores. I've worked in video. I've worked in uh, editing. I've done all sorts of different things. I've gone freelance, some of it contract, and all sorts of different things. And I was always miserable at every single job mm. I was. And I remember, I remember praying to God about things. Is there something wrong with me? Is there a reason why I can't hold a full-time job for more than a few months before I'm just feeling like miserable and I want to quit? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was something I struggled with for for the longest time because I was, it's it's kind of a um, I'm trying to think of a, an appropriate word to use, an uncomfortable experience when you graduate 
and you see all of your friends moving on to all mm -hmm. these big and fancy jobs and yeah. you feel like you're just sitting in your room living with your mom and dad not doing anything and i always remember just feeling like was there something wrong with me and it was before i came to work at the the radio station i'm, I'm at now i was working at a grocery store i had quit the video business because as I talked about earlier there were some ethics about it i just couldn't get behind mm -hmm. and so i went to work at a grocery store i was working in the freezer department dairy department working in a below 30 degree freezer for nine hours a day, pretty much had pneumonia every week. I bet that would feel nice right now. Oh, <laughs> now, oh yeah, well, I worked this during winter. <laughs> oh, so no, it, oh, never mind. It was miserable. Today, oh, yeah. no, it no, sounds no, no. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then, it was miserable. By the miserable. way, if you're, if you're wondering where, what's going on, it's 110 degrees in Texas, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> right, so I was miserable there, and I remember praying to God. I was like, God, I do not want to quit this job mm. because... I need this job. I need this money. I need to start working. But God, I am miserable here. <laughs> this is a horrible experience. And that's when the position kind of fell its way into my lap. They had called me uh, personally and offered me the position. And being there, this is my first full-time job where I don't feel completely unhappy with it. I think that in itself is a blessing. Not many people can say that. Yeah. So I feel very blessed for that. And it's also improved my personality a lot. One thing that I've struggled for a long time is I struggle a lot with cursing. I used to have a sailor's mouth you would not <laughs> believe. And I've noticed after being in this environment, in a Christ-centered uh, environment in business, that has improved so much it's practically completely gone. Mm. And I remember just giving thanks to God. And there's more reason for me to be here than just a job I'm happy with. Right. Mm. You're improving my character. You're improving my personality. You're turning me into a man that I am more proud to be. Yeah. yeah. So. Wow. Love that. Oh Lindsay, God, what yeah. have you seen? Um, lately it's been like uh just remembering the past. Like Ooh, <laughs> it's okay. weird. So I've been like alone in the dorms lately, and so like I'm like thinking and I'm like, okay, last year I wasn't in this situation and like I've been getting like a lot of like memory flashbacks, I guess, and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like that was my life before. Mm. And now I'm just like, Wow, like I'm here now and I feel like part of that is just following God's leading is more of like, okay, you tell me where the next step is and I'll go. Mm -hmm. And then just one step at a time, God reveals things for me until I've arrived here. Yeah. So I'm like really thankful that I still have some of my memory, <laughs> some of my memory to like remember, that, oh, that bad thing happened and now I'm not there anymore. So I'm like really happy. I'm like, oh. Mm. I, I like that. I don't think it's completely bad for us to go back and think about where we were at. And think about where God has rescued us to now. I think those things happen for a reason. And I know we preach a lot that like, you know, forget about your past. God's already erased it. Um, but I think it's, I think it's kind of, it's your testimony. Like that's your story at the end of the day, you know, like uh, I don't think that's something that we can completely shut out. So I like that being able to, to see, okay, I was here. I'm here now. And then I'm ready for the next step. God, you know, wherever, mm -hmm. wherever you're going to take me. Um, Pastor Michael talked about uh, Jesus has this, you know, and, and he he read a verse in Isaiah that kind of promised this idea that Jesus was going to come, and it was already his promise was proclaimed, and he was going to be this rescuer, and he was going to come uh, and, and save the world. But I think that as Jesus as a rescuer, I think sometimes as we've been exploring all of these characteristics of Jesus recently, um, we get very confused. And, and I kind of want to know what you guys think about this. Wh what have you? What do you think society has done to maybe 
get us off track with how we see Jesus. Um, Because it's very, you know, it's the basic Christian. It should be, it's, he's our rescuer and he's our savior. And for some reason, we mess that up in our brains. And I think society is a big part. For some reason, we confuse that into a bunch of other things when maybe it's just as simple as that. White lies, I would say. Okay. <laughs> How so? It's like the best lie is a white lie. That's what some people say. It's because it's like partly true. And then you add something. Well, it's, yeah, it's it's fake, but you add something partly true so that it makes it believable. And so I feel like a lot of times that's what happens. For example, when it comes to going back to Genesis, Adam and Eve, um, the serpent told Eve, if you eat this fruit, you're going to be like God, where you would know um, evil and mm-hmm. good. But it is partly true. She would know evil and good. It's just that she's going to die. Mm-hmm. But he made him question God mm. and was like, okay, well then, are you really going to die? I don't know. What do you think, Kyle? No, this may be a little bit of a bold statement here, but I'm just going to throw, throw it out there and we'll see where it goes. I think a lot of the views on Jesus as a savior and Christianity has changed a lot because of uh, the politics or regarding just both foreign politics, especially in our own country. You know, I remember watching a little bit of this documentary. I think it was called, I think it was called Jesus Freak. And it was uh, this guy who was going around talking to a lot of people and their thoughts on Jesus. And the surprising thing is, a lot of people don't have issues or disagreement with Jesus, but rather the beliefs of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, I think Jesus sounds like an amazing person. And these are being like the most vocal atheist or non-believers. <laughs> and they'll be like, no, I think Jesus sounds amazing. I just don't like Christians. I just don't like their beliefs. I don't like how condescending they are. And I think there's kind of been this idea that's been kind of being cultivated for years um, that says... Christians are out there to tell you how to live your life. They're against you. Mm. You know, there was this there was this quote. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. And it was that people don't like the Bible because it contradicts itself. People don't like the Bible because it contradicts them. Mm. The Bible will point out your flaws and people don't like that. Mm. I mean, I don't think anybody really likes that. It's uncomfortable. Nobody likes it. It's uncomfortable. Nobody I know sometimes it. I'll go to church and listen to a sermon that's pretty much like... <laughs> verbatim feel like it was for me talking about my flaws I'm like i don't like this this yeah. makes me feel uncomfortable yeah. but that's that's kind of the part of the journey as mm-hmm. you as you walk with god is learning to see your flaws and and try to work on them and i think as a society we're trying there's people trying to tell people that that's wrong mm-hmm. anyone that tells you that you're doing something wrong they're the ones in the wrong mm-hmm. for telling you to do that be your be yourself saying that in air quotes be yourself be you if someone is trying to tell you that you're living your life in a sinful way, then that's their fault. They shouldn't be doing that. And it's kind of cultivated this society that's very resentful for Christians. It's wrong for people to have morals. It's wrong for people to stand up for what they believe is right. And I think that's just kind of started to fester over the years until the point where we're at now. Mm. I think Jesus, uh, that's why maybe he was such a, like a culture shock. Mm to everything because for so long it was the Pharisees running everybody's life and like you can only do this and you can't do this and Jesus came in and broke like every cultural law imaginable and that's why he amassed so many followers so quickly he's completely mm-hmm. different from from what everybody had been used to like you know the pastors 
yelling at us every day and I can only take, you know, 180 steps on Saturday and like, you know, I can't like, <laughs> I can't do a bunch of stuff and, and here's Jesus healing people yeah. on Sabbath and like, I, I know that's kind of the reason to your point why this whole argument starts in John chapter eight, going back and forth with the Pharisees. And he's like, look, you guys are so like, you guys have this like weird way of looking at God and because of that, you can't even see like me and why I'm here. Um, and I think that's a good point that you make, Kyle, that we we kind of on our own, maybe it's just our sinful nature, confuse the idea of what Jesus really is when it's when it really just a simple answer. Right. I, mean, I feel like as man, we're our own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. We are the ones that have created this. And I think there, there's sort of this idea that we always want to tell somebody else what they're doing wrong. We always want to feel like we have to improve somebody, mm-hmm. but at least just in my experience, in my own my personal walk of life, because I've gone down that road before where I wanted to be real judgy people and tell, you know, wave my finger, you aren't being a very good Christian. This is how you, you need to fix yourself. And that, that doesn't resonate with people, mm-hmm. obviously. I mean, it wouldn't resonate with me if people were telling me what I was doing <laughs> was wrong. Yeah. Uh, the, what I have found, what has worked best is live your life for God. Live your life the best way that you can, walking with God, and other people will see that. Mm. Other people will see that in you, and they'll say, "Hey, there's something different about you." Yeah, you know, and that's going to connect with people a lot more than you just going up and telling them what they're doing wrong. So, are we saying that collectively we're thinking that it's a misrepresentation misrepresentation of Jesus in people that most people don't like about quote unquote Christians? Is that what we're is that what I'm getting from here? I'll elaborate on that thought a little bit more. Like you're saying it's like we're, first of all, you're saying that most people are saying, oh, I like Jesus, this and this and that. But like, they're like, I don't like Christians because of how they act about this and this and this and that. That's what I feel personally. I think no, it's, I, agree. I, I think it's less people have an issue with Jesus and people have issued with Christians yeah. okay. and how we want to kind of put our stuff on a pedestal mm-hmm. and be like, okay. I, I'm Jesus's number one fan. You're not. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm, yeah. or I'm in some way, shape or form better than you because I got Jesus and you don't. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Gandhi that said, I love, I love your Christ and I hate your Christians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Uh, Gandhi coming out swinging. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was something like that. It was like, I, 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 I love your Christ. Uh, I don't like your Christians. That's a, I think some of that was brought on by ourselves. Um, I think the enemy's hard at work at the same time. Mm. Um, But I think that's something that we, that's the uphill battle that we have to now prove people wrong. We're not, (laughs) we're not the big bad wolf that everybody should be scared of. Um, We're here to tell people that Jesus loves them and... That's harder than it sounds. It's a lot harder. (laughs) Being a Christian is not easy. Yeah. It is so much easier to live a life of sin sure. and to mm. just live in the secular world. Mm. That is infinitely easier than living your life for God. Yeah. Yeah. My my grandpa would always tell me if you uh if you're a Christian and your life's going really easy, you got a problem. <laughs> That's just some pretty wise words. You need to re you need to reevaluate what's going on because becoming a Christian and accepting Jesus into every area of your life is putting a bigger target on your back for the enemy. Mm. If he doesn't have to worry about you, then he's chilling. You're you're good to go. Uh, but if your life is a piece of cake, <laughs> you and, and you're and you're a Christian, you may you may want to reevaluate what's going on. 
Um, you know, the funny thing about that is, in a way, it's kind of encouraging. If you're finding a lot of struggles with your life, yeah, take that as a sign that you must be doing something right. Yeah, yeah, because he's worried. Yeah, he's coming after you for, <laughs> for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, has there been a moment in you guys' life where you felt, uh, maybe you talked about it a little bit. Maybe you can think of another moment, Kyle. Um, sorry, I've been talking a lot. No, no, no. You're good. Oh, no, I love it. I love it. What haven't you talked about this podcast? <laughs> um, listen, we could go down that rabbit hole. We're not going to today. Uh, ha- has there been a moment where you guys have felt rescued by Jesus, by God in some way? It could be a simple little tiny thing. It could be a. I don't know, life or death moment. I don't know. Is there a moment when you have when you said, okay, there's no way I would have gotten through that if I hadn't been rescued by Jesus? I need a moment to ponder on that. I do have one. Go for it. It's a little TMI. Um, but yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll leave it up to our editor if he wants to leave okay, it in. Okay, sounds go good. <laughs> no. <laughs> Last year I was dating this guy and he- Here we go. There, oh this podcast got great now. No, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Red flags all over. But I didn't see it. Mm. And I was like, I told him, I was like, I'm done playing around. I just want to be serious. And he's like, but he wasn't being clear about it. And then he he basically implied he's still playing around. So mm. I was like, okay. But um, every almost every step of the way, I was praying to God. And I was like, okay, is this a right relationship? Is this healthy? And all that. And one of the biggest things for me was he had an addiction and I didn't like that. Mm. And I was like, oh, once someone has an addiction, I'm I'm done. And I'd learned that afterwards, but back then I didn't. And then we ended up, <laughs> we ended up dating. And I was like, okay, is this right? Is this wrong? What is this? And then eventually I was like, Lord, I just really like this guy. And he seems decent, but Mayor Wilbedon always tell me what to do. And three days later, three days later, he breaks up with me because there's a third party. Uh, and uh. so right after, I actually didn't get mad. I was more mad because like he didn't show up on our day and I didn't get to eat pizza. <laughs> but other Valid. than that, other than that, I was thinking about it and I was like, whoa, like I kept saying this for like a whole two weeks. I was like, mm. God really rescued me because then that's when I like my eyes opened after we broke up that I was like, oh my gosh, these are all his red flags. Mm-hmm. This is all bad. So I just felt like God was like, oh, you wanted you wanted him. OK, but then he's going to break up with you soon because mm. it's not healthy. Kyle, Lindsay. Thanks so much for hopping on the podcast. No, thanks for having us. This was a fantastic conversation. Uh, One of the better ones that we've had. Uh, Don't tell anybody that's been on the podcast before. (laughs) Do you say that to everyone? Uh, No, I do not. Okay. okay. So we're doing this again next week, right? Hey, if you you are down, we're missing Laura. We got to get Laura in the studio. Um, Special guest, just her. But thank you guys so much. Thank Uh, you. This was was fantastic. and And I hope and pray that somebody that was listening... Uh, we've got listeners from around the world. We found that out a couple months ago as we looked at our numbers. Hopefully somebody on this earth <laughs> that listens to this podcast uh, was blessed. So if that is you, um, I'd encourage you to keep finding your rescuer, keep finding your provider, keep finding your defender, your comforter. Um, he is ready to be there for you at 100% of the time. And like Pastor Michael said in the message, it's already been promised. You just got to go and get it. Uh, you don't have to reach for it. It's not about what you deserve him rescuing you is always there and it's been promised. So reach out for it and he will be there. 
Thanks so much for listening, wherever you are around the world. We appreciate you very much. Uh, I always say this, you don't know the impact that you can make by just simply clicking that share button. However you're listening to this podcast, throw it on your Instagram, social media, whatever it is. You don't know who may need this episode just by scrolling through their page and seeing it because you shared it. That's how we can make an impact in today's world. So thanks so much for listening. My name is Kelvin. Kyle and Lindsay, thanks so much again. We'll see you guys next time. And remember, like we always say, there's always room for one more.